We are Taking the Helm with risk takers who are motivating us to take charge and make things happen with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Taking the Helm. If you're a business owner, sponsorship is a unique opportunity to promote your products and services. Taking the Helm is a podcast that's devoted to people who want change in their lives, who want wisdom and inspiration. Be recognized by more of your ideal customers by contacting me to sponsor an episode. We'd love to hear from you. And with, with that, let's welcome today's guest. Jen Sadie is a proud Canadian and she's right here in Essex County. She's combined her love of writing with her passion for empowering women into three purposeful series, totaling seven published books. She takes on issues that affect women's self-esteem. She explores the dark consequences of domestic violence, drug use, depression. She addresses bullying and sexual harassment in the workplace, body image. And if that's not enough, she's currently working on three more manuscripts. Welcome to Taking the Helm, Jen. Thank you so much for having me, Lynn. It's an honor to be interviewed by you. I know you're another uh, successful um, author that's local and I appreciate you promoting other authors. Well, my goodness. I'm okay. I have one book, Jen. My second one's about to be launched and, and you just, I know water, so you, you set the bar for us all, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Let's talk about your first book, uh, Jen, Dark Confessions of an Extraordinary Woman. I believe that was your first book, correct? It, it was, yes. Okay, okay. It, it came uh, to be after you suffered abuse for quite some time. What drove you to uh, publish this story? I was actually reading um, Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love, uh, her other book, Committed. And when I was kind of following through her story, I recognized so many aspects of my own story had a powerful message behind it. There was, there was part of my life that was worth sharing. Um, and once I kind of came up with that idea that this could help other women, it just kind of escalated from there. And you, so of all, all the different publishing routes that are available to authors, you found, a, a, you went a traditional route, you found a publisher. How, how did that come to be? That's pretty challenging. I got lucky, I think. Um, <laughs> when I was finished my first book, I reached out to hundreds of different publishers in uh, Canada and the United States. Um, Jan Carroll Publishing specializes in uh, books by women for women. So it's a female publishing house. They saw value in, in me sharing that story and have been incredibly supportive uh, all my books since. It's, it's quite uplifting and inspiring for, you know, the many people that, as you just said, hundreds of manuscripts or sending out query letters to literary agents. And it only takes one yes, doesn't it? Just one That's yes. That's it. It was a few <laughs> months of, of sending it out and, and not thinking, like, I started to wonder, did I write all this and I'm never going to publish it? Um, but you just have to keep trying. You have to believe that what you have to share needs to be read and you keep putting it out there. So let's talk about that story, that first story, the, the book that you, you published. What's your main message to women out there? Not to settle, to, 
to listen uh, to your own needs. I think a lot of times in relationships, we, we worry so much about the other person and taking care of them that we neglect to um, do what's best for ourselves. I had a hard time separating uh, guilt for what would happen to him if I left him from the guilt that I should have been feeling for not taking care of myself or not putting my own safety and well-being as a priority. So anyone who is suffering from domestic abuse, I highly encourage you to read Jen's book, find some inspiration and some strength to make some decisions, some difficult decisions that you really need to for your own health and your own livelihood and your own future. Absolutely. That, that's been the greatest uh, benefit of having that book out there. I've had women who have read it, related to it, saw similar warning signs in their own relationship, and it was a catalyst to finally make changes. That's huge. What, what are a couple of the warning signs, just for our listeners? Violent temper um, and, and not being able to control their emotions. Um, one of the things that was the hardest for me to recognize and make a decision was because 90% of the time, he was a very sweet, easy person to talk to, uh, came off as great, but it was that split second switch that could go from being so calm to throwing things or um, name calling without any uh, provocation. When, you, when those things start happening, don't take them as a one-off, he's having a bad day. Pay attention. Those are, those are things telling you that there's something not right there. Mm -hmm. And seek some help. We have many areas and many places that women can go to just to ask questions, just to ask questions to start with, right? Get some information. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and you tell, you tell the story in the book, how you were able to leave that relationship. And then you made a momentous decision to leave full-time employment to pursue your passion for writing. Take us back to that time. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a bittersweet memory. Um, my um, uncle Jeff was always an influence in my life. He was the rebellious single uncle who lived this, you know, great life, always on vacation. And um, he was diagnosed with leukemia. And when I went to visit him in the hospital, I was working uh, 60, 70 hours a week as a food and beverage manager at a golf course. I was running myself ragged. I was stressed and I was in the hospital and he kept asking me about me. How are you doing? And why are you, why are you so stressed? Why are you so busy all the time? I don't see you anymore. And when I was talking about my job, he asked me point blank, why are you a food and beverage manager when you were meant to be a writer? Mm. And it was just, it was like being smashed in the face. It, it was this passion I had the whole time I was growing up and just circumstances, part of being in that uh, abusive relationship and having financial struggles. I got so off course that I never even gave writing a chance. And uh, I quit my job the next day, started freelancing from home. And uh, shortly thereafter, started writing Dark Confessions of an Extraordinary Woman. And there are many other books in there, but I, you know, we, 
you can look at Jen's website and we'll give you a connection at the end, uh, a resource link to do so. But let's jump forward to your uh, most recent masterpiece, Women Ready to Rise. I happen to have a book here in front of me. Um, what brought this to fruition, Jan? And, and tell us a little bit about your book. Um, one of the things, like, as I say, with my first book and a lot of my stories is I share personal experience in the hope it will help somebody else going through it. And after years of being kind of in the public meeting with a lot of women uh, who related to various books, I learned everybody has a story and there are so many different challenges that we faced. Um, everything from uh, sexual assault to cancer, to being a teen mom, to losing uh, loved ones tragically. There are all these different circumstances and I kind of wanted um, a resource for women that we could look at other people who have survived something similar and get benefit from them. And then there was also, um, I have the most amazing support system and three lifetime friends, uh, Rael, Kim, and Deb, who are all featured in the book. Because they were supporting me on my journey and lifting me up and doing all this to help me get my story out there. And I knew that they had stories as powerful, if not more powerful than my own. So I got to kind of give a little back and, and celebrate them. Well, if anyone out there who's experienced trauma, regardless of what kind it is, you'll find someone in this book who's sharing their story and how they got through it and have actually taken it to a new opportunity in their lives. Mm -hmm. Now let's actually, let's talk about, let's talk about, okay, other authors who are out there, writers who are struggling. What do you do when you have a book launch coming up in the middle of COVID and a pandemic and all the challenges that we're all facing right now? So <laughs> Jen, I would say that you epitomize flexibility. <laughs> so let's share, I mean, your launch was scheduled for the end of April. I have the book. Would you share with, <laughs> share with our listeners what you had to do to, to take not just one step back, probably five steps back and readjust everything that you had planned? Oh, for sure. I had a, a fairly large event, close to 100 people at a, a local restaurant to Bully's plan. I bought favors, I arranged games, I collected uh, prizes to be raffled off as a fundraiser for our local shelter. And then COVID hit and it was no longer a possibility to have that many people together. Um, I was hopeful in the beginning and tried rescheduling it for June. And then I couldn't like wait to get the copies into people's hands to June. So I thought I could kind of divide it up and do um, a little fun launch online and deliver all the books locally in advance. Um, spent a lot of days in my car driving around the city hand delivering <laughs> the books and mailing them out. Um, and it went really well. And I, Still wanted the big party in June, but that got postponed to August. <laughs> yeah. And then we're still struggling with cases here. So it, it is once again, the, the official party in person might not be happening, but I feel like we are still celebrating it online. And that's what we have to do right now. Exactly. And there's so many unique, there's so many unique ways that are that people are launching their books. I, I wasn't able to attend one Anna Pennenberg a couple of weeks ago when she did a zoom party, and she had a host and she read a part of her book and she gave away prizes. It was one hour on uh, people were interactive. 
they're, they're very unique possibilities. So yes, we may have to go virtually. Maybe we may have to do drop-ins depending upon what phase of opening we're in. But I mean, I would encourage any writer out there not to, not to postpone your launch. Find a way around it. Get your, get your story out there like Jen has. It's celebratory. This is making a difference to the hundreds of people that are reading it already in spite of COVID. <laughs> it's true. Thank you, Jen. Now, Jen, you're, you've got three, three other books now in the works. Um, two of them are connected to your current series, but one of them is very different than what you've written in the past. Talk to us about your next three books and, uh, and what we might expect. Sure. Um, the one that's connected to two previous books is called Her Labyrinth Escape. And it's Maya, who was in both Her Own Hero and Her Beauty Burns. It's her backstory. Um, I do have another one in my uh, nonfiction true tale series, uh, Women Who Want Sex, where I am in the process of interviewing women who really enjoy to kind of break that stigma that uh, it's not important to women or that we're not sexual beings. And then the third, which I'm most excited and furthest along in, is... Um, kind of a futuristic look of if I had the power to kind of right side our world that's going through so much right now. So it's 30 years from now where climate change has caused some major problems, nuclear war has caused problems, and we're kind of falling apart. So I have a band of really um, ambitious women who gather men and women as well, mm -hmm. and uh, kind of fix things. I don't want to give too much away, but they, they put our, our world back together again. You, you likened it in our previous conversation to uh, George Orwell's 1984. And yeah, what does that look like today, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unreal because now we're actually doing things that in 1984 were futuristic and thought of unheard of. And I'm having the opportunity to create things that could possibly be. 30, 40, 30, 40 years from now. It's, it's exciting. Uh, it must be fun to do that. And I think about artificial intelligence for Pete's sakes. What's that going to look like? Who has any idea what that will look like in even five years, never mind 30 or 40? Oh, I oh, know. Wow. Everything changes daily. Oh, it's exciting. Thanks for sharing a few of your spoilers. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for asking. All right. And Jen, you've written quite a bit on self-esteem. What is it that people need to heal related to self-esteem? Well, Confidence is critical. I think that a lot of the problems I had in my past from the domestic abuse, as well as workplace bullying, uh, self-esteem issues with my weight, all of that was a lack of confidence and feeling good about myself. So anytime things went wrong, I looked internal like there was something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. um, I think the most important thing is to surround yourself with people who lift your self-esteem, do things that make you feel good about yourself. Uh, for me, it started off with running. I don't really run anymore because of bad knees, but that physical sense of accomplishment. Just create little small goals, celebrate them, and it builds up your self-esteem. It makes you feel better about yourself so that when other people treat you poorly, you recognize it and you realize, oh, that's not me. I deserve better. I deserve better. Yeah. And there's lots of different ways people are finding, um, I don't know, the word isn't solitude, 
finding themselves. I mean, I took a meditation course last year from Amy out here uh, at the Stone House. My goodness, it was it was a game changer it, just in terms of learning to calm ourselves and to be aware. People are doing Reiki and healing touch. And I mean, some of those things people will say is a little bit out there, but if it helps you, isn't that what it's all about? Oh, there's a million different, like self-care, it's, it's narrowed down to bubble baths or, or reading a book, but it's so much more than that. It's all, all these things that give you peace and joy in life. Sometimes for me, it's doing a puzzle, mm -hmm. uh, going for a walk, taking a nap, anything that kind of, when you feel like the world is um, putting pressure on you or suffocating you and you're frustrated, you have to take time out to do something for you, something that makes you feel good. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Uh, it's way out there for me, but I started doing uh, painting rocks, you know, the joy rocks, the happy rocks. Yeah. And I, I know it's kind of silly, but I love it. I leave them on the trail and they have these little sayings on and then I'll go back my next walk and they're gone. And I'm, oh, they're in someone's house. Someone's picked them up. It's making someone feel good. You know, simple little things. You just, it stops me from go, 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 go. Uh, people are finding all different unique ways. If COVID has done anything for us, it's people are, are playing together. They're playing games again. Board games are coming out. People are finding time to, yeah, to calm. Puzzles. I'll have to say no to that though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the puzzles. Uh, we are board gamers as well. Doing a little more of that lately. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's true. And I think that's also in that futuristic book I'm working on. Um, the world is not so sci-fi or far out there. It's actually because of all the damage, they're turning back time. They're trying to go back to more uh, nurturing nature and uh, farming, being more as equal citizens with the rest of the living things on this earth instead of feeling like humans rule and we can just destroy the environment. This has become, it's become essential that the environment becomes the focus. Mm -hmm. Well, mother nature is cert certainly teaching us all a lesson right now, isn't she? Yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I we need forward. to listen. Yes, we do need to listen. So I won't put, I won't put you, well, I'll put you on the spot. What do you think might be a publishing date? Roundabout, we won't hold you to it. <sighs> I always say it's a book a year and okay. this is my book for next year. I'm about a third of the way done. And if I still have, if COVID's still going on and I can't leave my house most nights, I will definitely be done in time. You'll meet that goal. Oh, thank you, Jen. Do you have any parting words that you'd like to share? Um, I want to say thank you to you for what you're doing with your podcast and all your efforts to lift women up, uh, lift all people up, everyone who's struggling, because I think that there's so much power in your personal story and, and sharing that. Um, and that goes to everybody out there. We all have experiences that can benefit others. Hiding them out of, you know, feeling of shame or feeling like um, nobody cares. But that doesn't help anybody. It's okay. Talk about it. Reach out. Excellent. Thank you for those closing words. So I went on to Amazon and checked out the reviews for Women Ready to Rise. And of course, there's reviews in Goodreads and all over the place. But I want to read one specifically from Stacy. Stacy said, Jen Sadie has the ability to break your heart and put it back together again, all in one read. Her stories are raw, real, 
and inspiring, the work of a true author. And we thank you, Jen, for sharing all of that you've written to date. And we look forward to your next three manuscripts and in the fourth year and the fifth year and the sixth year <laughs> and all the books to come. <laughs> thank you so much, Lynn. Have a fantastic day. I shall. And on that note, everyone, have a healthy and safe day as well. Thanks for listening. For more episodes learning from people who are steering us in the right direction, visit lynnmclaughlin.com or subscribe to this podcast feed.